3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Welcome back to our number two of the program right here on Sports Radio 93.7. The Fan until 1 o'clock when Shelby Kassasi will join you. The numbers to call, of course, 412-928-9370. That is the same. Uh, the text line, the Edgar Snyder & Associates Fan Text Line. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Twitter brought to you by South Hills Crusher, Dodge Jeep, Ram, and Peters Township. Visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. Our show is brought to you by PNC Bank. Make today the day of PNC, Ireland Contracting, home of the nightly sports call. Iron Rock Tap House in Greensburg. Come see what everyone is talking about. Great food, great place to watch sports at Iron Rock Tap House. Number one Cochrane, shop 24 7 with ExpresswayCochrane.com and Shendarovich, Shendarovich, and Fishman. 412 928 9370 is the number. And before I go back to the lines, just want to give you an update on what's going on with the NFL and whether or not you believe the Steelers still have a chance here at. A wild card position. If you look at the division leaders, of course, it would be Buffalo because they have a tiebreaker over Kansas City with a number one seed. Kansas City would be a number two seed. And then it's Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh Tennessee's going to win that. They're seven and five, but everybody else stinks there, so they're going to win that division, and they'll be a fourth seed. Then you have the wild card, which is the Bengals, the Dolphins, both at eight and four, the Jets at seven to five, Patriots six and six, and the Chargers at six and six. Then it's the Browns and Steelers. Now when it comes to tiebreakers, the Steelers have lost head-to-head to the Jets and the Patriots, which means they'd have to end up ahead of them if they're going to get to that third one. But stranger things have happened. And right now, New England doesn't look like that good of a football team. And the Jets, uh, although they do, I-, I still think with Mike White at quarterback, they look better than they did, even though the Steelers, man, Zach Wilson just ate them up late in that game. It was unbelievable to watch that, and their defense just got carved up. But if the Steelers get to 6-7, and seven, they still can beat the Browns at the end of the year. They can take care of that. There are a lot of things that can happen. What do you think they are at this point? Or are you of the belief that it's just a matter of playing it out and get better as you go? You may miss the playoffs. You get a better draft pick. And then you've made a big investment in your future with Kenny Pickett playing largely the majority of this season with a lot of young players on offense. 412-928-9370. Let's go to Henry in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Hey, Henry. How are you? Henry. <laughs> now, either that's an indictment of the way I'm going here, that he just fell asleep on me, or he yelled on the line too long. Don in West Newton, hopefully has a little bit more energy than Henry. Hey, Don.
1: Hey, I'm wide awake. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> that's uh, so funny. I guess this is a general all-around sports question. Maybe you guys have brought this up in the past, and, and I've been thinking about it a lot, is what would you consider the Mount Rushmore of – Pittsburgh sportscasters. <laughs>
4: uh, I got
1: I, I got four in mind right now.
4: Okay, go right ahead. Bob Prince, uh,
1: Mike Lang, Bill Hillgrove, and probably Myron Cope, although he was more of a, a of a color.
4: Yeah, and I don't think many people would argue with that group. I, I, I Bob Prince was one of the best ever. I I loved listening to Bob Prince, how he made it very, very conversational. Uh, Mike Lang, just a Hall of Famer every way. The descriptions he had on radio, and that's got a lot of people hooked on hockey back in the day when it was just radio and you were listening to him. He made everything come to life. Bill Hillgrove is a guy I've I've admired for many years, and Myron Cope um, was extremely unique in everything he did, but also a very good writer back in the day when he was with Sports Illustrated. So you would have no argument for me.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, though. A lot of these guys, like you just brought up Myron Cope, a lot of these guys never dreamed that they'd be behind a microphone. They were like top notch. They were like you know top notch writers and, and, and were sought out to, to to do that because I know Myron didn't exactly have a voice uh, for radio or the face for television, as they like to say. But uh, you know what? These guys, I think they all have in common is they're good. They were excellent storytellers. How they. Bring it! I, you know, that I think of Vern Lundquist. You know, uh, Nicholas sinks a putt in '86. Yes, sir. You know, it just comes out of nowhere that they're, you know, that they're great storytellers. You almost appreciate the, the the method in which they deliver it as much as the action you're seeing.
4: No, I agree with that, and I think they also know when to let it breathe too. You know, uh, you make a call, you also let it go for a little bit. There's a, there's an art to that, and just let the sound yeah. dictate what's going on. Um, Another I, question, I have for sure you. go ahead. How would you
1: – along that same line, how would you rate uh, – I'm going to be very general in, in this uh, – the latest – I mean, everybody's got to retire from time to time. Congratulations on the wonderful uh, decades-long uh, streak that you've had of, of you know, presenting sports to us that everybody can enjoy. It, But what do you think of the latest crop of sports people that are out there?
4: Oh, I think there's a lot of talent out there. I think it's a different kind of way of presenting it just because there's so many platforms and so many needs, whether that's streaming, whether it's podcasting, whether there are a lot of people. who have, And there are a lot of people who actually as 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 athletes in sports who've taken that opportunity. I think Pat McAfee is probably the biggest example I'm going to give you uh, just because of his personality. You know, he, right. he's not a conventional guy, but he doesn't have to be conventional. He, he has an audience. He, you know, uh, the the wrestling background, just the way he was, uh, a great personality, not afraid to criticize, not afraid to just, you know, show up in a t-shirt all day long, whatever. That, but not everyone can do that. He did it, and he cashed in on what his name recognition was, and he left behind a lot of money with the Colts, and he ended up cashing in for even more money. Uh, You know, you're going to see more of that coming off, but I think generally... I always tell people this, man. You just can't misrepresent yourself. You can try to be somebody. You could admire people in this business, but what you shouldn't do is try to totally copy a style and that's it. Even if it doesn't reflect you as a, as a personality, you know, I, the camera yeah. doesn't blink and it, it'll see that, and people will notice that. You got just be you. Um, I did. You know, back I back when we up, started, up. most of us we had you know a different way of doing it, and it was more you know. just a conventional way of doing it. But I think you've seen, and I think it's good for um you know today's consumption of sports um you know in general that you you will see different styles and different personalities and you make your choice what you think is effective or not but generally uh don't don't misrepresent yourself that's what i would tell kids
1: hey thank you for your time
4: yeah no problem thank you for the call chris that's an unusual call and i liked it something different let's go to brian and brookline what's up brian how are you hey
5: bob if i can maybe i'll ask two quick questions for you um Obviously a kill with a spoon didn't work out this year. Like last year. Um, do you think they want to kick the tires on William Jackson is my first question. And my second one is do you think Ben is holding back? He really wants to say certain things, but he's playing nice right now. What's your honest feeling about Ben? He's just too nice. Do you think he wants to say something? William Jackson and Ben, what do you think?
4: <laughs> well, first of all, William Jackson has been injured the whole year and They always liked him. They felt an opportunity to get him in there, see what they can do with him, and they'll utilize the offseason to make their determination. But if it's like a killer Witherspoon, it won't work out. You know, Witherspoon came here and did okay for uh, a six-game span, seven-game span, and that got them intrigued into giving him a two-year contract. I don't think they have shut down corners in any way. I think they have Cam Sutton, to me, in my estimation, is their best corner. They need help there. They need someone who can come in and slam the door on one side of the field. It makes life a lot easier. I don't think William Jackson can do that either, myself personally. But I do think he he's a kind of guy who can occupy a role on their team and help them as a depth guy. Uh, and what was your second question now?
5: About Ben? Do you think Ben? Oh,
4: Ben. Like um, to no, say
5: more things. Than I he think ultimately 29th.
4: he will. I think you know he the, he's you know kind of just dabbling into this for the first time, and you know he, he likes the platform that he has there. I think people react to everything that he says, and he knows that. And I think maybe there is some caution there, but I think he's pretty honest about a lot of things right now. If you ask him specifically about, you know, um, his inner feelings about certain things that happen, I mean, he's probably not going to do that. But I think in time he might, and he'll do it in a, in a responsible way. I don't think he'll ever go on there and trash people. I don't think that's what he wants to do.
5: Thanks, Bob. For your thanks for your answering for me.
4: Mm-hmm. You- no problem. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I think his podcast is gaining a lot of spe- uh, steam, and I think he's, uh, he enjoys it. And he likes having his players on, and he can talk about it. He, and if he doesn't want to get into something that he feels that maybe there's <laughs> – you'll know. <clears throat> he, he'll change the direction of the conversation that way. But, again, he's like when McAfee start, first started this kind of stuff. He's just dabbling around and see what he could do <clears throat> and see where he can take it after that. And the longer you are away from an organization, the more willing you are to say things. I think it's still too new to him, in my opinion. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy is the number. We also got the Heisman tonight. I don't know, you may have forgotten about that. Uh, also, Army Navy today three. One of the great games in college football. And if you like um, tradition and history, that's the game you should watch. Heisman. Uh, it looks to me like Caleb Williams is the guy who's going to win it, and probably should win it based on what he did in his regular season. He was injured in their last game in the championship, and it showed. And they got outscored forty four seven in the game by Utah. And Utah Nagos, I think Utah-Penn State's a great matchup, by the way. Um, but it's C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, and then um, Stetson Bennett's an interesting case. He's been around a long time. And all he does is win, 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 win. You know? And you can say Georgia has a very deep team, and they do. However, it takes a quarterback to orchestrate it all, too. And he's put up some pretty good numbers. He's just not a guy that people have been talking about. So I would find it very difficult for him to win, Um I think it's going to be Caleb Williams first. I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud second, Max Duggan after that, and then Stetson Bennett. And people have wondered, is this just a quarterback's award, Joel? I guess that's what it's turned into, right? Nobody else seems to be getting – now, you you made a good point that if some of the running backs had not been injured, then you might find one or two of them in there. But even so, you normally do not win if you're going one-on-one against a quarterback.
2: It's really tough. Uh, for a running back, it's – yeah, it's it's certainly really tough. Maybe – you get another good game out of Blake Corum from Michigan in that Ohio State game,
4: but otherwise... Yeah, but he needed to run for 250 yards in that game and make a difference. And if if that had happened and they won because of him, then he would have been in that situation. He was out and they still ran it. You know, they went nuts. So, you know, bottom line is, I think you got to be a quarterback. And if you are a quarterback, then you can do it. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, I, I posted this retweet of a guy earlier this year about... Alabama when you look back at some of these teams the 2018 Alabama team when you look at the talent that was on that team it's ridiculous these are the quarterbacks they had on that team Jalen Hurts Tua Valoa, and Mac Jones one two three they also had running backs of Josh Jacobs who right now is the best running back in the game I think based on his numbers Najee Harris Brian Robinson Damian Harris their wide receivers included now listen to this grouping Jalen Waddle Devonta Smith Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. How about that? As your four <laughs> – you talk about people wanting to ball. Can you imagine those conversations in Alabama? That would be incredible. And then Irv Smith was their tight end, and, and they had a defense that also was dominant. But guess what? They lost to a freshman in Trevor Lawrence, and Clemson beat them. It's amazing the amount of talent. And quite frankly, if you get that kind of talent, you're going to be a player day in and day out. And I wonder if this you know, now we see all these transfers and uh, JT Daniels down in West Virginia is going again. That's his fourth time in this transfer portal. He's going to end up having seven years of eligibility. Where will he go next? And Is that is that in your best interest as a player? Do you think? Because I don't. I think it sends messages that you're unwilling to work through adversity. That's what I – when I see guys repeatedly in the transfer portal, that's what I think.
2: Yeah, haven't been able to find anything that's – going to stick I guess it's it really is seven years of eligibility
0: in college that's incredible yeah.
4: and here's here's the thing when this when these two items converge or collide and that would be transfer portal and Nil and Nil can affect transfer portal because some guys who are good players and this is why I think it's very difficult on coaches and I I'm going to talk to some coaches down the road I just want to hear their take on when you record juniors or seniors in high school Are you wasting your time? And the reason is because who knows? That person may come to your university and not be ready to play, but he thinks he is, and he's not going to wait. And so you waste all that time on recruiting, and then the guy decides to leave anyway. Versus here's my transfer portal. There are now 1,130 people in it. I can just go there and get what I need, like I'm going to the grocery store. And I think that's going to be – A big issue moving forward, and because they came out of this with no guardrails in place, this is what you're going to have. People leaving all the time. Uh, It's hard to get used to watching a team which kind of has a revolving door at different positions, but I guess that's where we're headed.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend
0: today.
4: We're back with more 412-928-9370 as we continue right along. Thanking PNC Bank, Ireland Contracting, Iron Rock, House in Greensburg, Number One Cochrane, Shandarovic, Shandarovic, and Fishman. So where do you think the, Pengu- or the uh, Steelers are going to end up? Do you think it is a legitimate opportunity to get into the playoffs? And if so, it would most likely be very similar to last year. And that is a road game at one of the elite teams in the AFC. And right now, I don't know how you're looking at this, but to me, the team that's emerging as the team that you better watch out for is Cincinnati. They're getting it together. They're winning a very uh, different way every week, it seems. Uh, Samaji p Ryan has gotten better with no Joe Mixon. When they're both healthy, look out—that's a tremendous one-two punch. They've got some of the best wideouts in the game. Jamar Chase was back, and you know Joe Burrow is doing what he does. Uh, that's not to underestimate Kansas City because they're right there too. But Buffalo has the advantage by beating them earlier. Cincinnati is to watch out for. I think Baltimore with these injuries and the way they've played and the way they've squeaked out even last week an ugly ten-to-nine win against Denver—they're um, right for the pickins. And if. The Pickens. See, there you go. They're right for the Pickens, which means George Pickens will have a big day tomorrow. Potentially, we'll find out. It'll be at Actorshire Stadium, one o'clock. We got our pregame on KDK, beginning at eleven thirty a.m. tomorrow. We got two hours of postgame following the game tonight. We have the Mike Tomlin Show, brought to you by eighty four Lumber. That's on eleven thirty five following the late news. A lot, a lot of good programming. We hope you join us for that, and it'll be interesting because there is a log jam of teams. It's seven and five, six and six, or five and seven. And there is a third spot available. I would think that either Cincinnati, Baltimore, or Miami are going to get two of those three. And there's another spot. And it's just a hodgepodge of somethingness right there <laughs> for the NFL. And we'll find out how this tomorrow. If they should win tomorrow, and you go to 6-7, and seven, the Steelers, and then will be looking at Carolina, which is a very winnable game. And who knows what Vegas is going to be. They'll probably go up by 13, and the Steelers will win by one, uh, the way the Raiders have been doing it. We're also talking about the Penguins, who got a very big win last night uh, against Buffalo. And Buffalo's an up-and-coming team, there's no question. They play fast. They're like the Devils in many ways, and they got some really elite upper-end talent, I think, that's going to be um, you know, a team on the lookout for several years to come. Entertaining hockey game last night. I think you'll see one tonight. We're waiting on a word of a suspension for Jeff Skinner, who went... Uh, and cross Jake Gensel to the face. Gensel got penalized. They both were whacking around at their skates, and all of a sudden, Skinner lost it, went for his throat and then his face. He bloodied. Jake Gensel had to leave the ice, <clears throat> and, and so he was summoned today. He got a match penalty that's an automatic uh, look at by the safety people. We'll find out. probably a one-game suspension, so I would not think he would play tonight. 4-1-2, 9-2-8, 93-70. The Penguins are 11-2-2 in their last 15 games. They've turned it completely around and they're healthy, and they're playing well. Uh, hopefully that'll continue because they're going to need it to to get into a situation where they can be a factor in the playoffs. Back to the lines we go. We got George and Manesson. Hey, George, what's up?
2: Good afternoon, Bob. How are you? Merry Christmas.
4: Merry Christmas to you. Thank you.
2: Hey, uh, I just want to say a shout-out to one of our local high schools, Bell Barman, today. Good luck to them at 1 o'clock.
4: Absolutely. Good luck.
2: So, Hey, just a little bit on the Steelers. Um, our, I don't think we're going to hit the playoffs this year. Um, so looking ahead, do you think with the extra second round pick and us picking a little higher, probably next year that, and just with Pickett coming on, do you think this next draft is probably one of the most important that they'll have in the next few years to try to set them up to compete with the Kansas cities and the Cincinnati's down the road?
4: I would say absolutely. Yes. Because not only that, it's the first one for Omar Khan. And Andy Weidel, those two guys will collaborate and come up with, and they got three picks in the top 40 most likely, uh, the way Chicago's playing and, and losing, and that's good. The Steelers are moving right up. Um, and there were a lot of people who wanted the Steelers to keep losing so they can get in the top five of the draft. Whatever the case, you're going to get a pretty good pick. And those three picks combined uh, are going to be enormous for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it will be interesting to see what they do with them because they need help, certainly, On defense, when it comes to cornerback, shutdown. If they can get one, they also need help on the offensive line, and they can use another wide receiver. I'm not suggesting they use one of those three picks, but they're going to need some people, and they could sign some people also. And then they got to wonder if uh, inside linebacker again, don't you, George? I mean, every time I turn around, they got to keep drafting that or signing someone for that position, and you're going to have the same thing because I don't expect Devin Bush to sign here again because it won't be for the kind of money he wants, and you're going to need somebody inside there.
2: Yeah, with uh, you know, Watt getting a little older and you know the injuries coming, but yeah, I, I, you know, if if they can get this right, we're good. But I think I just like I said, the pressure is on this year to hopefully they do their due diligence and you know scouting correctly to 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 get the right picks. I would even think like a defensive end too that could be dominant too so with cam hayward getting towards the end
4: yeah they they certainly have some guys that they have to worry about when it comes to you know and you this draft doesn't have to be about this year coming up also it could be about the next several years you're going to need people in that position but i still think cornerback is a big position they haven't drafted well over the years but if they have a high-end pick they may use it on a cornerback if there's a shutdown one available for them all right bob Thanks, Thank you. George. You have a good day. Appreciate the call. Castle Shannon is our next destination. We got Brian. What's up, Brian? Go ahead.
6: Yeah, I don't mean to get off subject, but going back to a previous caller about the Mount Everest,
4: mm-hmm. at least
6: two and an honorable mention, even though he doesn't fit the category. But the first one, and uh, I don't date back to his times, but Rosie Rosewell for the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And then, in addition to Rosie Rosewell, one before even that time, uh, who was the first broadcaster ever to broadcast a baseball game in this country, and he did it for KDKA. Forgive me, I forgot his name. I know his grandson in the 1970s pitched for the Cleveland Indians. Sorry to say that the grandson has since passed away. And uh, finally, Uh, Again, an honorable mention, a former co-worker of yours who I always found to be entertaining, Bill Curry.
4: (laughs) Sweet old Bill was always very entertaining. (laughs) Very controversial in many ways, too. But yeah, the Mount Rushmore, if you're looking at Rosie Rosewell, that that precedes me and predates me. I've only heard nice things about his style of uh, broadcasting But, you know,
6: it's a subjective
4: thing. It it is. But I appreciate your intake there, Brian. Thank you very much. I hope you have a nice holiday. Let's go out to Anthony in Oakland. Uh, There are those who want Anthony to have his own show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm ready for that. Bob. (laughs) Bob. Yeah. uh,
5: I'm sitting here now watching the NFL Network. I'm watching the 81 playoff game between the San Diego Chargers and uh, the Miami Dolphins. They're going up and down the field, Bob. Up and down the field.
4: That was Dan Fouts, right?
5: Yes, Danny Fouts, Don Strock, Don Strock, yeah, came in yep. for David Woodley, who was injured, and they're just going up and down the field. Bob, everyone's trying to criticize Pickens. Bob, he had two passes thrown to him. He's their best wide receiver. Uh, it's inexcusable. The, the, the focus should be on the coordinator who cannot coordinate. It, I'm just—it's just that simple, Bob. Well, And you're
4: right about that. It's part of his job to get your best guy in positions where you will throw at him. Uh, Now, I I will also say that taking a look at that uh, All-22 film, and Chris Hoke makes uh, great assessments based on that because he has that stuff. Um, There were times where Pickens was drawing double coverage. He had a corner and he also had a safety. Uh, While they lined up their best cornerback on Deontay Johnson, they had over-the-top coverage on Pickens. So I think they respected the speed, but you're right. You got to scheme it then. If that's if it's not available, you got to scheme it.
5: Bob, AB used to have two or three people around him.
4: Well, I'm not saying that he's AB. I'm not going to go that no, far. No, what
5: I'm saying is he was your best player. You got the ball to him, Bob. And this is when AB had Kobe Hamilton in that crowd out there with him. <laughs> I mean, you have see. I, that's why I, I, I try to caution these people: don't talk about Canada. He, but Bob, they just. Over two weeks ago was the first time they had a touchdown pass over eight yards. I know this is and their top guy still anybody. doesn't have
4: a touchdown. So I mean that I mean, I, the, their top receiver still doesn't have a touchdown.
5: Right. That's I mean, not. Oh, we're, we're talking about embarrassment stuff here, Bob. So you know, I get it. Yeah. So tomorrow, I, people, we're going to play a close game against. I don't want a close game against Baltimore tomorrow. I want to spread them out and get on top of them. They can't throw, Bob. You want to – don't make it a close. That's what they want. They want a close game. Tomorrow, attack them like like Ben used to do. He'd spread them out and he had to attack them. That playing that old slobber knuckle stuff ain't going to work, man. You, can, you 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 need to start scoring points. That's the name of the game, points.
4: Well, there's no question about that, and they have to do it – you know, I, I you have to admit though you have to see some improvement, and I think the running game is something that's allowed it to happen. Of all the numbers I'd throw out earlier in the show, the the one that comes for me that I think is most significant is 161 yards on average per game in the last four games. That's, of, of that's, course,
5: Bob, but that's you never get you never run well against the Baltimore Ravens. Doesn't matter what team, even Cleveland doesn't run well against the Ravens. So you have to do something different.
4: No, I but, I, I get that, but I'm saying it's 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 to me when you do that it allows other things to function better. And that would include uh, opening up guys down the field.
5: Yeah, and it, it, it is an improvement. I've seen an improvement in, in the run game. The blocking's got better. And let's be clear, but they, the offensive line has been the least injured, and they've played well together. And, it, you know, those things, thats a, it takes time. It takes continuity with those folks.
4: No, exactly. And, and they're going to have to upgrade there too. they got a lot of things to do in this draft, I think. But I'm just encouraged by the fact that they um, are going to have going into next year a second-year quarterback, and then a couple of second-year, you know, receiver, you got a third-year tight end, a third-year running back. They're all young. You can build around that and you could add to it. And and, and I I potentially see a lot of good things happening there.
5: Well, you have to take advantage of the fact you have your quarterback on a rookie contract.
4: Exactly. And that's what you can do. You can actually go out and spend money on things you don't have and do it in the next three years.
5: Yes, you have to do it. That your window – as a matter of fact, your window is – of all the teams in your in division, your window is open better than all of them. Because Burrow's going to have to get paid. Chase is going to have to be paid. Higgins is going to have to be paid. Uh, what they're, about they're, Lamar
4: Jackson? What's he going to do?
5: Well, I think they've already made that decision, Bob. To be quite honest with you, uh, they should have settled that. I think they're going to let him go. This, like, I think that's what they're looking at. They're thinking their scheme makes the quarterback instead of the other way around. I really do, because why, why else would you have left this thing in limbo this long?
4: Well, I, you know, I obviously the, uh, the the Deshaun Watson numbers I think impacted what was going on there. I think they probably had a number in mind for him, and once that came out, and you know Jackson then looks at it and says, "I want to that's our starting point there, and let's go higher." And then well, they're well, not prepared for that. Now, now they may, you know, he's an MVP of the league, though, Anthony. I mean, yeah, you know his talent, ability, what he can do.
7: And he's been hurt for two straight years now, too.
4: I get and it.
5: if I were he, I wouldn't even play the rest of the year, to be quite honest with you. I, what's the point? I wouldn't play anymore this year. You, you're going to get your $23 million and then they'll maybe franchise. He, he's put himself, without having a, 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 a legitimate agent to do this talking for him, he's put himself in a box. But you know what? That's their problem. I'm focusing on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and hopefully Mr. Rooney will step in and make some changes that this organization needs. Because statistically, we, we can't be like this anymore. 19 points should not be considered uh, improvement.
4: No, not in a league that you know the elite teams are scoring 30. You have to be able to do that, and you have to be able to take your defense and give them a blow once in a while win a game without them doing what they're supposed to do, and it puts a bigger emphasis on your defense. Now, when it doesn't get it done, the defense looks bad. You, you could cover well, well, up a lot of those warts if you score a lot of points.
5: Yes, sir. Well, Bob, you're an institution in this town, and it's a wonderful that I can be able to speak with you, and, and please be be careful.
4: <laughs> I will, and I always love having you on, Anthony. Thank you for the Thank kind you, words. I, I feel the be- same about you. You're a very knowledgeable guy, and we have a lot of good sports fans out there who love to call in, and you are on the top of the list. Appreciate it. All right, 412-928-9370 is the number. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some hockey with you up until 1 o'clock. Shelby Cassessi comes in at that point. we got Pitt Basketball on today against Austin P. Um, Dior Johnson, one of their big recruits just agreed to some misdemeanor charges and some of the bigger charges were dropped, but it doesn't make it easier for Pitt to, you know, bring him back. And I wonder how that will go because it's still a terrible look for him and them. So what will happen with Dior Johnson? We'll find out. 412-928-9370 is the number to call.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
4: All right, routing third now, heading home. We got the green light. We hope to beat the throw. Our right, thanks to our sponsors, PNC Bank, Ireland Contracting, Iron Rock Tap House in Greensburg. Go oh, and see what everybody's talking about out there. Number one Cochrane, shop 24-7 with Expressway at Cochrane.com and chenderovich Chenderovich and Fishman, where they always got your back. Never your wallet. So the penguins. Tonight, big game. They're 11 2 and 2 in their last 15. We're waiting on a word from the safety department about Jeff Skinner. I imagine he'd get a one or two game suspension for taking a cross check to the face of Jake Gensel. Uh, really good performance last night, I thought, by Tristan Jari again, facing some high quality shots from a team that's getting better and better. And Buffalo's a very entertaining team to watch these days. So if you get a chance, go out and check it out tonight, 7 p.m. puck drop at PPG Paints Arena. Ricard Raquel is uh, playing probably as well as he had in the last three years in Anaheim. He's really picked up his game. Drew a penalty last night, scored a goal last night, made a nice screen on a Gensel goal. Sidney Crosby giving all out. Power play's gotten better now. They've scored a goal in each of the last four games. All these things working out, and Teddy Bluger's back in the lineup, and their penalty killing has gotten better too. So these are all big parts of how they play. And even though they're not looked at the same way as they were five to seven years ago, the Penguins still have a lot of pedigree and a lot of players who, when healthy, can be an effective team. And we're seeing that now. And credit to Mike Sullivan for turning it around a seven game losing streak into a you know 11 2 and 2 stretch now that continues tonight against Buffalo. Army Navy today. For those of you who love the pageantry of that rivalry, it's on at three o'clock. CBS and the Heisman voting tonight. CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, and Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett's the one guy that not many people talked about, but that's because they have so much talent in Georgia. It's going to be really difficult for anyone to beat Georgia. Uh, And, you know, he's efficient. He runs it. He knows what he's doing out there. He's 20. Is is he 25? Joe, he's one of the oldest quarterbacks in the game right now. And you're going to be starting to see more and more of that with this extended uh, years because of um, transfer portal, COVID, pandemic, giving people more time. You're going to see older quarterbacks. And Stetson Bennett is one of the oldest ones. Should he be discounted because of that? No. But his team is so deep in talent that he's not the focal point of it. When you look at Caleb Williams, he was the focal point of USC. And all you had to do is watch their game against Utah to understand that they were not anywhere close to being the same team without him. Let's go out to Ryan in New Jersey, home of the Red Hot Devils, although they lost to the Islanders the other night. What's up, Ryan? How are you?
7: Hey, listen, those Devils are only about seven points up on your Penguinos there, so they're, they're coming back to the pack a little bit. So. Yeah, um, but I like
4: how they're comp- how they're built. They're a good young team. Yeah, Speed, they're young. they got they're good young. players.
7: Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Pens haven't played them yet, so we'll see. Um, you stole my thunder a little bit because the Army-Navy game at three is something that if you're just a general sports fan is a great thing to sit by the tree and watch. I, I was going to recommend that, but you, you stole my thunder. Uh, the other thing is at 2 o'clock, probably the most interesting soccer match France and England against each other is, is is about to kick. So I'm not a huge soccer fan, but that is compelling to me. So if you you want to watch something else other than whatever early season college basketball, you got some options today. Yeah. Um, the Penguins are such an interesting little team. Number for some reason, when Jari is hot and good, they are they look like they could beat anybody, and that's where they're at right now. It's really Jari starting with them. Uh, I called specifically to ask because. There's a lot of positives from this team. I mean, they're four lines deep right now. That shot from who was it, uh, McGinn yesterday. Well, that mm-hmm. thing was a laser from the from the boards. I I, I mean I I was like, Whoa when that went in, which is rare, you know, when you watch enough enough hockey And I, you, I thought Craig Anderson you
4: know, didn't expect it. And it showed by his positioning he, on that.
7: He it was a was a missile and yeah he I don't blame the goalie on I was like whoa where did that come from because it just he just completely ripped but you know Brock McGinnis
4: come up Ryan with some big games all year long some big goals
7: big goals it's amazing um there's a lot of positives to be taken. One that goes under the radar is Malkin had a terrible game last night. He took a dog peeing on an electric fence with the hooks late in the game. I don't know why he thinks he's not going to get called. But um, he had a bad game, but he still had two assists. And that's really important though, to keep him engaged. He's got to put points on the board. So you, And he's had a lot of stronger games where he came away with nothing. So, But I think he has like seven assists in the last four games. So that's important. Crosby did not look good the first month in October. He looked borderline bad. He's come on as strong as he's looked for probably five years since. That's encouraging. But really what I wanted to ask you about is, so I'm going to go out on a limb here, and this is not a health assessment with Latang and the stroke. Obviously, he's a great pen. I don't want anything bad to happen to him from a health and private perspective. But he and Dumoulin have been their worst two defensemen this year, as far as defense goes. They're practically professional fishermen. They've been fishing so many pucks out of the net. So when he comes back in, Petrie has he's been up and down, but he's looked really strong. Joseph is, is, has looked great. You know, Ruda, Patterson, all these guys look like they're playing pretty good deep. So when Latang comes back in, and if Sullivan decides he's got to play 27 minutes a night, which statistically over the last few years shows that they lose, not win. you know. Uh, I don't know effect? if I believe
4: that. He, plays that. he plays that way almost every single night, and they've won a lot over the last several years.
7: Well, Bob, their record in playoff games when he's played... Well, playoff games,
4: that's a different... I get that. You 14, just said, I thought you meant general 14.
7: games. Well, not general, but... But
4: I'm not going to blame him all for it either.
7: No, but he hasn't been good defensively. Even like Rossi and Yoey have said this, he has not looked good defensively. The well, I don't think that's
4: – he is what he is, and he is a guy who pitches. Yeah. He knows how to keep plays alive in the offensive zone. There are a lot of nice what, things uh, about Chris Letang, and I get what he's, his shortcomings are. It's like Malkin. When you there take I'm Malkin, sure. you know what his strengths are, and you also know what his minuses are. Yeah.
7: There's upside, downside. The question is, do they maybe finally balance him out in the 21-22 range? Because I think he and they would be a better team if they just do it yep. and they just move him down at thirty-five to play twenty-one minutes a game. Is that possible? I,
4: I think it might be, especially after what's happened to him. So yeah, I think that's a, yeah. yeah. I-, I think they're not going to certainly not going to give him that right when he comes back. And I don't. I think that would be yeah. unwise for everybody. So, right. thanks, Ryan. I got to move along, but I appreciate your take, man. Have a happy holiday. Bryson joins us in the car. What's up, Bryson?
8: Hey, Bob. How you doing today?
4: Good. How are you?
5: Oh, uh, good.
8: Uh, hey, I was just got a couple things. That, uh, like, we pick it, and then everybody's bringing up the fact that it has eight interceptions. And, I mean, the like, kid just needed to get his feet wet. I don't even credit uh, most of the interceptions, the first four at least. On the kid, like it, they were, it looked like they were getting it ready to go out and try to play for uh, pit volleyball. Uh, Chase Clay pulled Deontay Johnson, and he was bouncing off their hands and going right into the defenders' hands. And everybody's sitting there claiming that it's like all oh, picket it, that it's his eight interceptions. I mean, just give the kid a second. And now you see in the last four games, even though it's lower, lower competition, he's able to get his, his bearings and uh, control the game the way he needs to.
4: Yeah, I think the uh, the fact that it was two bad teams, you have to take that into account. There's no denying that the Colts are a mess right now, and the Falcons aren't much more behind. Uh, they should right. go. They should go to Desmond Ritter by there. By the way, you know, America's Mariota is what he is. They know that, and he is going to. I play think this they weekend. are actually. Yeah, it's time. It's time. They don't need to wait any longer. They need to do it. But yeah, but uh, you know, listen. There's nothing wrong with being efficient and also not turning the ball over. Uh, I know it's an old talking point, whatever, but it is prudent. If you don't turn the ball over, you don't help the other team. Uh, And if they continue to do that, they should be in just about every game. Again, the competition down the stretch isn't that good, and I include Baltimore in that. I don't think Baltimore is what I thought they would be. And now that Lamar Jackson's out for a while, you may see them really take a step back or two. And if they do, uh, the Steelers could win two games against them and put themselves in a whole different position. So three of the five are against teams in their division. I'm, I'm not expecting that. But it could happen because none of these teams is all that good, to be honest.
8: I really don't see Baltimore uh, – I don't know where anybody saw in Baltimore. And uh, Mike Tomlin, probably one of the best at it in coaching against if Lamar Jackson was playing. He's the one guy that, like, knows his – has got his hand yeah, all, every time. And uh, uh, with the Pickens situation, I, I – I, I'm I'm just flabbergasted that people just keep going off on, on this. That like uh, the kid's young and he's looking at like I I mean just from my standpoint of like work. If you're talented and you know what you do, you know what you can do. I mean this guy's out there making eighteen million dollars and he can't catch a cold.
4: Well, no, he he, he, uh, he shows Johnson you he, Johnson Johnson. Can, he can do it. It's just that they're not throwing him and he's getting frustrated. That's all part of it. I think it's part yeah. of the natural progression of a young person. Uh, he yeah. still has to do it, and they have to scheme him the ball more. They're not doing a good enough job of that either. Bryson, I'm up against it, but thank you for calling. I really do appreciate it, and Shelby's coming up next. So, yeah, if they scheme better to get him the ball more, and I suspect you'll see that early in the game tomorrow. Uh, Deontay Johnson, by the way, according to Josh Rontree, is going to play tomorrow. So is T.J. Watt. So is Malik Reed. Now, the question is, how effective can they be? Especially T.J. Watt. He's banged up. He has a half sack in four games. You can't I mean, but he still commands your attention. You have to you have to plan for him, so that's a good thing, but I don't think he's anywhere near where he needs to be. 412-928-9370, Shelby Cassese is here, turned karaoke uh, star the other night, and she's here in the studio. And she, You want to sing today, Shelby? You want to do a duet together?
1: You are the only person I would sing with at this point, <laughs> but no one needs to hear another rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody from me.
4: Uh, that was an interesting choice you guys made.
1: When Heather Abraham asks you to sing, you sing. Yeah, but
4: that song... That night, it's
1: a Christmas classic,
4: <sighs> but it's the no, range. It's not. <laughs> the <I> range, <laughs> you got to have good range we should to do have that. Called I... you
1: up there to do the high parts.
4: No, no, I do the low parts. <laughs> I, I always go low. All right, I want to thank our sponsors once again PNC Bank. Make today the day. Ireland Contracting, visit Irelandcontracting.com. dot com. will be on tomorrow as we do it. And we also simulcast it right here on 937 The Fan Iron Rock Tap House. Get to Greensburg. Check out Iron Rock Tap House. Great place to watch sports, great place to dine. They got it all up there at Iron Rock Tap House, right by the live casino, and number one Cochrane Shop 24-7 with ExpresswayCochrane.com, Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. I appreciate all of your support. Thank you so much. Before I go, tell you about the weather. The weather is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet for a great deal on a newer pre-owned. Get it all at Sun Chevrolet. So today, as you look outside your window, you'll see what it's going to be: cloudy and lousy. Low of 40 tomorrow. Tonight. Tomorrow's going to be cloudy and lousy. And it hopefully it won't be a lousy football game. We'll have that for you on KDK. Join us 11.30 in the morning, two hours of postgame afterwards. Thanks to Joel Nelson. Uh, thanks to you who called. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again every Saturday at 11 a.m. Next up, Shelby Cassesi, right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. <laughs>